You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Greeks Gridiron, and a special hello to my USFL fans. As we do every Monday, we are going through power rankings for all the teams within the USFL following an interesting week four, which included, again, some more shifting in terms of where the power lies within the rankings of the USFL. Some teams starting to pull away. Some teams maybe showing that they're not quite dead yet. There's a lot to discuss and a lot to talk about, so make sure you fire away in that comment section down below. Let me know what are your power rankings coming out of week number four. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on that and also on my personal power rankings as well. But without further ado... Let's dive right in, shall we? Grabbing the notes here, starting off with numbers eight and seven. As we always do, I reveal them in pairs. So we'll start with the bottom two teams. Coming in at the number eight spot, and it has been quite the fall from grace following week number one. The Philadelphia Stars take the number eight spot, and the Memphis Showboats sit at the number seven, getting themselves out of the basement of the league with their first win of the season. We'll start with the Stars, though. Three-week skid, like I said, has just gotten uglier and uglier with each passing week, and I'm really not sure if things are going to get better. The running game has completely flatlined. I don't think there is a pulse coming out of that running back room right now, and it's more so to do with the offensive line than anything else. I don't think it's that they're lacking any talent in the running back room. I honestly think that's further from the answer. It's really got to do with just the poor offensive line play that we have been seeing from this Philadelphia Stars team pretty much all season at this point because even when you go back and watch their week one game it wasn't necessarily the most impressive game to watch in terms of just the way they were blocking and yeah there was a a decent amount of running but you want you want protection for your quarterback you want an offensive line that can be aggressive and open up running games and you just could not get any of that done within the last four weeks at this point, to be completely honest. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball after having a really strong game last week, again, just kind of flatlined. There was nothing to really speak of in terms of big, you know, positives to take away from the team. The stars are in a really bad place right now. And at this point in time, look like the definitive worst team in the USFL. You look at the showboats at number seven, and this one was hard for me to put them here because of what we'll talk about in a second. But I'm going to keep the showboats at number seven for right now. There are some signs of life with quarterback Cole Kelly under center, so that is exciting to at least see. I don't think it was perfect by any means. There's definitely a lot of work to be done, but with that in mind, you at least have some sort of positive momentum coming out of the first four games now with a new quarterback under center. Four total turnovers by the defense was huge for the Showboats team, and I think it's a really big reason for as to why they wound up winning this game. I think being able to capitalize on the mistakes of the Panthers in their game and being able to have short fields to work with when you're on the offensive side of the ball really benefited this team and ultimately led to the massive victory that they came away with. And I also want to shout out Kareth White because he seems to be emerging as a playmaker for this team to rely on. Pretty decent running back who's been able to find some success both in the receiving game and in the running game so definitely something to keep an eye on as far as emerging talents go for the showboats but overall excellent job securing a win we'll have no winless teams for the season and I will say that you know coming out of last week I felt like there was a good possibility we might see a winless team from the Memphis showboats this year just based off how they had looked through the first three weeks but they managed to escape the winless season coming in for the next two teams we are looking at number six 
and number five. And I kind of alluded to my number six team a little bit here, and we'll dive into it right now. At number six, we're looking at the Michigan Panthers. And at number five, we're looking at the Pittsburgh Maulers. So yes, your record does not determine where you are in the power rankings. Just because you have more wins does not mean at this moment in time, you are better than a team with a lesser record. So the Panthers, like I just stated, record doesn't mean everything, but I will say this. While the Memphis Showboats did just beat down and beat down the Panthers pretty handedly, I don't know if I'm quite ready to say that I believe in the showboats more than I do the Michigan Panthers. I really like the Panthers as a team altogether. They have some good talent all over the field, both in terms of the running back room and the receiving room. And the defense, minus this past week, has been really, really good. I really think it was just the turnovers on the offense that were killing this team throughout four turnovers you have two interceptions one from each of your quarterback you had a couple of fumbles as well Josh Love was responsible for two of the four with a pick and a fumble I just think that the turnovers really got to this team and like I said with the Memphis Showboats you were giving them a lot of short fields and they were doing an excellent job capitalizing on it so while I'm sitting here saying that records don't matter I still do believe right now that the Michigan Panthers are a slightly better team but they need to find an answer at quarterback. I just don't know if Josh Love or Carson Strong are going to be the answer right now. And if I'm the Michigan Panthers, I'm calling Birmingham and seeing what the heck is it going to take to get Kyle Sloter out from being their backup and into the starting spot for them. I know some people might knock Kyle Sloter for being a turnover machine at times, but last season he looked really, really good with a competent offense over there in New Orleans. And if it wasn't for him hurting his groin, I believe like somewhere within the middle of the season towards the back end, I think that the Breakers make maybe a noisier run and really challenge the Stallions to potentially be the team representing the South in the USFL championship. So all things considered, if the Panthers can maybe make a move at quarterback, again, Kyle Sloter is a talented guy for the USFL, and he's just sitting there backing up a team right now with Alex Magoo, who does not really need Kyle Sloter there. You, like, yeah, he's nice insurance, but maybe you can, you know, pick up a good player from the Panthers in an exchange for him. I don't know, maybe find a deficiency somewhere. The Stallions have been dealing with a lot of injuries. Maybe get somebody that you could help shore you up somewhere. You might feel like you're thin. Maybe... Give the Stallions a call, and I would feel a lot better about this Panthers team going forward. As for the Pittsburgh Maulers, Troy Williams, man, I've got to say, has brought some much-needed excitement to a Pittsburgh offense that has really been struggling to find its own, but I think they have themselves an answer here. He had 280 yards total throughout the day between rushing and passing. He had the rushing touchdown as well. The team just needs to be able to finish drives, especially when they get into the red zone. I feel like the play calling gets a little bit vanilla and at sometimes downright questionable when they get closer to the red zone. And while it is tougher to score, once you get inside that 20-yard line, the field starts to shrink. The defense has less area to cover. Things get a little bit easier for the defense as opposed to what the offense is trying to do. I do think if you can just get a little bit of better play calling and continue to do what you do, play to your strengths, there was so much just like trickiness and flashy stuff going on, and they were doing it really effectively and really well at that on the Pittsburgh Mahler side on offense. This team could be in contention for a North spot in the USFL playoffs. Defense continues to be the heart and soul of the team altogether. I mean, they were just downright 
bullying the Stallions in the first half, and it took like a Herculean-type effort from the Stallions altogether to be able to come away with that victory that I really believe in the Smallers team. If you can just continue to do what you're doing on defense and get a little bit better with the play calling in the in the red zone, and as, not even just the red zone, but like from like the 30 in, I feel like is where the Maulers are really struggling. I think it goes a little bit past the red zone, but if you can just figure that short field stuff out and actually get into the end zone and not force your kicker to take four or five field goals a game, the Maulers are a team to keep an eye on. Looking at teams four and three, I have got to say the Houston Gamblers at number four, a team that I don't think a lot of people thought would be able to figure out their offense with the amount of turnovers they were dealing with the first couple of weeks. This is a team that one deserves a most improved award, but on top of that deserves all the praise in the world because the offense has been pretty damn good all season long. It was really just the turnovers. Since week two, if you scrap the week one loss, since week two, this offense is averaging 34 points a game. That would be best in the USFL right now. Mark Thompson, since coming back from injury, absolutely massive for this team. He had 13 carries for 134 yards. It's over 10 yards per carry with three rushing touchdowns. The guy is a literal freight train coming out of the backfield. Kenji Bahar looked really good. Couple of touchdowns, 200 and some odd yards. But I want to shout out Terry Wilson because he was coming in in certain situations and did an excellent job, obviously, on the ground running. He totaled 70 yards on the day between the couple of throws that he completed and the ground, um, excuse me, the ground, the running... Wow, the rushes that he had, excuse me. I really want to shout him out because the Gamblers did a really good job of, you know, you keep Bahar in and he's doing his thing, but there was a, a spot here or there where you were able to bring in Wilson and with how athletic he is, kind of leave the defense guessing as to what the heck was going on here because Wilson made a couple of good throws and made a couple of completions there. And then again, he was ripping runs on the ground too. Excellent job utilizing the dual QB system where I'm not the biggest fan of it, but if you can pop a guy in here or there for a play or two and it works and you're scheming things up right with the gambler's offensive line looking as good as it is, excellent execution by it. Not too much, but just enough to kind of leave the defense guessing as to, you know, what's going on right now. Ball distribution as well was something that I came away with that was really impressive. You had three running, or not three running backs, but three people carry the football nine plus times with success. And you had five receivers get at least three targets thrown their way or more. Excellent job by them. And then the defense just absolutely dominating in all phases of the game. You had six sacks, five tackles for loss. You were credited with four passes, defense, interception as well. The gamblers looked phenomenal. And the New Jersey Generals at number three. I know I was just sitting here spouting praises all over the gamblers, and I feel like the Generals are going to get kind of a short end of the stick here, but it was a really great effort on a tough loss. It's unfortunate that they were only able to muster up 17 points, but the passing game is just continuing to be kind of what's holding this team back. Their running game is fantastic. DeAndre Donson is great on the ground. He is like a 50-50 passer, and that even kind of shows in the stat line as well, where like he has some good throws, but then he has some throws where you just kind of sit there and you go, oh, really? 
I'm curious to see if this team at any point, if they continue to struggle in the passing game, decide to go with Dakota Prukup. I think he looked really good in the limited action he saw against the Stallions in week one. And I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more from him because he had a really strong showing in that game. But again, the running game, fantastic. The defense held the, you know, you held the New Orleans Breakers to their lowest point total of the season with 20 points. And the breakers were like pulling teeth trying to get those 20 points on the board. I just think that you need to figure out what you're going to do with your passing game. Because at this point, as high as I want us on DeAndre Johnson coming into the season, I'm starting to waver a little bit on my on my feelings as him being the guy at quarterback for them. And I'm kind of itching now to see what Prukup can do for the team. This is supposed to be the league of opportunity. And if your passing game is stuck in neutral, but your running game is being really, really good you know, make a change. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. And, you know, you still have the rest of the, the, you know, the other half of the season. If you try it in week five, you still get five more games to try to figure it out if it doesn't go well. But for right now, I just wish that the passing game was a little bit better because this general's team is like two thirds of the way there and they just need to be able to throw the football more efficiently. But overall, a really good team. And I still think has a good argument for being one of the best in the USFL right now. Coming in for number two and for number one, no changes here at the top of the board. We have the Birmingham Stallions sitting at number two and the New Orleans Breakers holding their top spot in the number one. Stallions right now, it wasn't pretty. Injuries, they still have a pretty long injury list, but despite that, fought through a Pittsburgh Maulers defense who, again, is arguably the best and probably more so the best than arguably the best in the USFL right now. It was not a pretty game by any means, especially in that first half. Like I said, it took a complete team effort to get the victory here. Magoo shot the team in the foot early, but thankfully the defense, and this is, the defense needs to get a lot of credit. I know a lot of people are looking at like the bounce back from Alex Magoo in the second half or Dion Kane being, you know, the 91 yard kick return touchdown hero of the day to give you the go ahead score to take the lead and then eventually be able to put the game away. But the defense being able to just bend, but not break holding the Maulers to four field goals on their five scoring drives. It took a really brilliant play call by the Maulers to get themselves into the end zone on their final scoring drive of the game. But for the defense, the most part, the Stallions looked awesome being able to hold off, especially in the early portions of the game where, you know, you were getting the the turnovers from Alex Magoo. And I, I even sat there and I picked the Stallions to win the game, but I was really thinking to myself, wow, this Maulers team is going to beat them into submission and take a tight victory. But no, the Stallions defense was, be able to, was able to weather the storm, the short fields, and be able to keep the Maulers out of the end zone. And it was massive. I don't know if you can keep winning games like that. To their credit, the Maulers defense is really good. They just put up like, what was it? Uh, 30 some odd points against the Breakers last week. So, you know, you're going up against a really good defense. You're probably bound to have a game like this, but 17 points on offense because, again, one of those touchdowns was a kick return. Not necessarily the prettiest performance, but overall, the Stallions still one of the more complete teams in the league. They're sitting at 3-1 and one for a reason. I don't think it's a mistake by any means. They have a lot of talent on that roster, and again, they've been battling through a lot of injuries, but they continue to find ways to win games, and I think you deserve a lot of credit for that if you're the Stallions. And then at the number one spot, Listen, I'm a Breakers fan, and I'm trying not to fanboy over this season so far, but 4-0, and they look like the most complete team in the USFL right now. At one point, I was feeling like that was the Stallions, but 
with the emergence of West Hills through three weeks, I don't know how you can't look at the New Orleans Breakers and think this is the most complete team in the USFL right now. He just continues to dominate, whether it's on the ground or through the air. He had another 159 yards total, two touchdowns as well. The offense, even when McLeod Bethel Thompson is having like a down day and a down day being like no touchdown passes, but he still has nearly 300 passing yards with an interception, continues to move the football put points on the board. They're getting into the end zone. You just, this Breakers team is firing on all cylinders right now. And I don't think you can really argue that they don't belong in that number one spot. I will say they had a really good defense to go up against with the generals. If the, if the Maulers have the number one defense, I think there's a strong argument for who's number two and the generals should definitely be in that conversation. But right now you go into a game against one of the best defenses in the USFL. You're still able to put up 20 points on the board. Again, you have a running back who is killing it right now against every defense he comes into contact with. You have to feel really good. And then the defense side of the ball excellent job shutting things down in the passing game I have something in my eye right now I'm sorry but excellent job shutting things down in the passing game the running game I think you did about as good as you could do against the generals the generals right now feel like they're good for nearly 200 yards rushing every single game at this point and I think that's pretty much been the case for the majority of their games this year I think they've like been on the cusp of 200 just about every single week. I think week like two or three, one of those two is like the lone week that they didn't get near the 200 yard mark. And I might even be wrong on that. I just don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. But right now, I think we're all just sitting here saying, are the Breakers the favorite to win it all? Again, I know I'm a Breakers fan, trying not to fanboy over it, but it's hard to argue just how well this team can operate, whether one side of the offense or the other is struggling, which at this point, since West Hills has come into the team and been able to play, they have not really struggled on the ground. But even when the passing game is having an off day, and I've been praising McLeod Bethel Thompson as like the steady hand for the offense when things kind of get a little bit hectic, even when he struggles a little bit, still 70% completion, still nearly 300 yards, just no passing touchdowns and a pick, struggles a bit. You still have a way to move the ball, get in the end zone, and it, it, you've pretty much battled every single defense that has been really, really good so far this year, and you put up points and been able to, again, finish drives and get it done when you needed to. Breakers are looking really, really good right now. But those are my power rankings for week number four. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions in that comment section down below. But that is it for me for today. Got more content coming your way through the week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. Like the video if you want to support me. But that is it. I will catch you all next time. Have a good one.